Well, this morning, thank you all. This morning we've, uh, we're continuing our series um, entitled, The Root to Everything. Fear is the root to everything that's not good. It's the root to everything that is that is destructive. Fear is the root, either directly or indirectly, it's the root to everything. It is the root that wants to destroy and keep people bound and suffocated in their, in their lives. And um, I want to give you this morning, as I start out, I'm going to, I want to read a little story, and I want to give you this, this, there's several of these, you could come up with all kinds, I'm sure, but this one, an acronym for, for fear, fear is, represents false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. False evidence that appears to be real. Um, this is just a this is just a little story that I, that I found that I'm gonna, I want to read to you, um, and it's about a tiger, and just the kind of the the nature of of a tiger. Just listen to this little story. One of the most majestic of all creatures is the tiger. For many years, these big, beautiful creatures have puzzled researchers. It seems that when tigers hunt, they have a remarkable capacity for causing their prey to paralyze with fear, a capacity greater than any of the, big, of the other big cats. As the tiger charges toward its prey, it lets out a spine-chilling roar. Now, you'd think this would be enough to cause the prey to turn and run for its life, but instead, it often freezes and soon becomes tiger food. At the turn of the century, scientists in, di- in different research institutes discovered why you're really likely to freeze to the spot rather than run when the tiger charges. In, in other words, anything or anybody. When the tiger roars, it lets, out a sound, it lets out sound waves that are audible, the ones that sound terrifying, and it also lets out sound at a frequency so low You can't hear it, but you can feel it. And so as the tiger emerges from the undergrowth, the flashing of its colors, the sound of its roar, and the impact of the unheard but felt sound waves combine to provide an an all-out assault on your senses. An all-out assault on your senses. The effect is that you are momentarily paralyzed. So even though... There may be time to avoid the tiger. You're tricked into standing still long enough for the tiger to leap on you. Our fears, people's fears, often operate in the same way. They paralyze us into inactivity even when the real threat is not immediately upon us. Part of overcoming the challenges before us is to recognize the ability for our fear, or for fear itself, I don't like to call fear my fear, because I don't have fear, because God didn't give me fear, and I don't receive anything that's not of God. Amen? 
So part of overcoming the challenges before us is to recognize the ability of fear or, or that fear has of what might happen to stop us from dealing with the challenge. In other words, what fear wants to say is what could happen that wants to paralyze you from doing what you really need to do. Shutting you down from what you really need to do and what God really wants you to accomplish. So I thought that's a great story and the comparison to how a tiger freezes and seizes its prey and paralyzes its prey through fear, through this, this roar and, and, and making it feel like that, there, that it has no escape and no way out. And that's what fear does to humanity. It's what fear does to you and I if we give it place. Amen? So, I want to look at, we're going to look at our foundation scriptures, but before that, I want to look at 1 Peter 5. And in 1 Peter 5, actually, everything that that little story talked about, we can see real clearly. 1 Peter 5 and 6. It says, Therefore, humble yourself, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Like a what? A roaring lion. Wanting to do what? Wanting to paralyze you. Wanting, wanting to, in, in a real, fear wants to, you know, I, I like the point that the scientists made that there's the roar you can hear, there's the things that you can see. You know, in the natural, you can be afraid of things that you can see. But then there's, there's, there's a part of that roar that's so silent that it affects your senses. And I believe that that's the fear that paralyzes people. You know, maybe not most people, but I'd say half of people can deal with fear that they can see. It's the unseen issues that come against us and paralyze us and want to control our thought life to keep us from being able to accomplish anything that God intended for us to accomplish. You realize that God did not make you unsuccessful. God created you a success. God created everything that you do, everything that you, you and I do, God created us to be a success. And the enemy works overtime in your life to tell you that what God created you to do, you can't do, and to keep you from even understanding what that is. If he can keep you from really discerning what God's purpose and plan is on the earth, then you'll walk around feeling like you have no hope, and, and when a person is hopeless, they're paralyzed and they're shut down, and that's what the enemy's after. Hopelessness will create inside of you a, a, the lack or, or no ability to accomplish on the earth what you were created to accomplish. And I, I, I tell you, there's no worse place to be on planet earth than that. There's no worse place to be than not accomplishing what you were put here for. Can you say amen? That's what fear does. He said, be sober and vigilant because your adversary, the devil, 
walks about like a roaring lion. I, I like that phrase right there. He's, not, he's really not a lion. The Bible says that Jesus is of the, the, he, he's of the tribe of Judah. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And, and he is the true lion, but the enemy just has a big roar, but, but with no teeth and no bite. He really has no ability because of what Jesus did to him to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in your life. He only has the ability to do it if we allow him to. One of our foundation scriptures is 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He hasn't given us, fear is a spirit. There's a spirit that is attached to it. And that spirit works overtime. This verse of scripture says, be, be sober, walk soberly, be aware of how the spirit of fear operates. God didn't give you that spirit, but he gave you a spirit of love and a spirit of of a sound and a well-balanced mind. He gave us the ability for our senses to be renewed and, to, and our senses to be under control so that our senses are not out of whack and telling us things that are not true. The Holy Ghost inside of us is revealing truth to show us what's right and what's not right. He said, be sober and vigilant for your adversary the devil who's really not a lion and really has no strength and power, but wants you to think that he does, has a big roar, and he has a silent roar, you know, under the radar that wants to affect your senses and convince you that you can't do what God created you to do. And I say today that you can. Everybody say, I can. Amen. And then say, I will. Not only can we, but we will as we submit and give the devil and fear no place in our life. Right? What's that an acronym again? False evidence appearing real. Things that appear to be, you, you can have something in the natural to appear to be one way, but, but if it doesn't line up with God's word, then it's not real. All I want, all, all I want to know about is what's real. And, and when I know about what is actually real, then, then the false stuff can't get the best of me. It doesn't mean that it's not there. Because there's things in the natural realm that you can see and feel and, and taste and touch that, that your senses come into contact with all the time that look to be real. They look to be the final authority, but they're not. God's Word is final authority. And we have to discern that and understand it on a day-to-day -day basis. It's not just something that you, well, I did that a while back. No, 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 no. But, but you, you can do it one day, and the next day you get bombarded from maybe a different direction. You have to apply the same principles day-to-day, -day, giving fear no place. Allowing the spirit of love and, and, and that of a sound and a well-balanced mind control your life. That's what I've received. When I got born again, I received that. I've got that DNA programmed on the inside of me now. I have the ability to live with a sound and a well-balanced mind where my senses are not controlled and ruled by the spirit that fear brings. Amen? Now notice this. He prowls about like a roaring lion, and he looks for someone to devour. If he has no power, then who in the heck can he devour? 
That's right. It, 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 so, so if I'm giving the powerless devil place in my life, if I'm giving this powerless enemy place in my life, then, then you know, you, you could hear me say that and you could take that in a negative way that, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm no good and I'm letting that. No, 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 everybody does. Everybody's in the same boat. But if, but if, if, if false evidence is causing your emotions to be stirred up on a regular basis, then it's time to do something about it. And, and I have the ability and the power and the strength inside of me to do something about it because the Holy Ghost is in me. I'm not doing this on my own. I have a helper. He won't do it for me, but he'll help me do it. See, he, he, he won't do all the work for me and just let me sit back and be lazy and just give it to God and let God do it. No, but he'll help me with all the information. I have this book, and it's an open book test, and anything that you face in life, it's open book, and all the answers are right there. You just got to do the work. So if false evidence is getting the best of me on a, on a regular basis, I can stop it. I don't have to put up with it. I can overcome any and every situation that fear wants to rule and grip in my life. See? He said, he's looking for someone to devour. Well, I just declare today, I'm not that somebody. How about you? Amen? Watch this. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brother's by everybody. This is so this situation we're talking about right here is common to man. Everybody say I can testify. Everybody's had fears of one form or another that they've had to deal with. And if you tell me you haven't, then you've been living in a hole somewhere. And that'd be fear in itself. You'd be afraid living in a hole. But he said, resist him firm in the faith, knowing that, that this is common to man. But watch this. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. After you have gone through some stuff for a while. Everybody say, for a while. One translation says, for a little while. I like that translation. <laughs> for a little while. Not just for a while, but I just want to go through something for a little while. But everybody's going to go through it for a little while because you've got to get, and the little while will be determined on how much effort you put in, in renewing your mind and allowing the process of faith in God to overcome the process that fear has done in all of our lives. When you were born... You were born into an unrenewed world in nature. You were born into a sin nature, a sin conscious nature. And I've said this a lot of times before, but if you think about it, we didn't live our lives, we didn't come out of the womb and into life um, saturated in our soul with being lovers and givers and doers, and kindness, and all those kind of things. We had to learn that stuff. It's like what came natural was 
cheating and, you know, from the time we knew that someone else had our toy, you know, that, that's what was natural. See, it wasn't, here, you can have all my toys, you know. Before you could even think, you know, just give all your toys away. No, 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 that, that, because we were born into a negative nature. And so that was, that what we were born into in the world is what we've had to come out of. Every single one of us have had to come out of this. And if you've never practiced coming out of it, then you'll just stay that way. You can be born again or not born again. You'll stay that way in your mind. Notice everything that we've been reading today the, the story that I read you about the senses with the tiger and, and the prey and, and, and the anacronym that I put on the board, it all has to do with the soul process, the, the mind renewal, getting our soul, mind, will, and emotions under control and, and that mind, will, and emotions being renewed on a day-to-day basis. If you, if you choose not to learn to understand what that even means, and how to operate in that realm right there, if you choose not to do it, then today you'll remain the same, and 10 years from now you'll still be the same, if not worse. And you can be born again. Because the born-again process of the soul, the Bible says, is every day. My soul is being saved or born again every day. It's being renewed all the time. My spirit, man, was a one-time thing. My mind, will, and emotions, because of what I was born into and what was programmed into my mind from day one, has to be renewed. You realize, from the moment that you were conceived, your soul picked up on everything that happened in your life. If your parents fought, you picked up on it. If... If... Your mother didn't want you, you picked up on it. If what, what, whatever, I mean, I, we, we could talk about all kinds of different things, but anything that happened, you picked up on, good or bad. But if you think about it, because of the lack of revelation in the earth for so many years until, until now, there's never been a time of the revelation of God's Word like there is right now. And everything in the past, there was such lack of revelation that people did the best that they could, but there was so much negative involved in people's soul. Today, you and I have the privilege of learning to understand this and do something with it. I've had the privilege, I didn't get born again until I was almost 18 years old, and I've had the privilege in my life to get better within myself, get my mind and my soul renewed so that I could pass it on to my children so that they can pass it on to their children so that things get better and better and better. See, well, you know, I, 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 I was bad and I did all these bad things so it won't work. for No, 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 it'll work for you right where you're at right now. Right now you can pick it up and do something with it and give fear no place in your life. Give the effects of fear in your soul no place to operate. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter what's happened in the, in the past. Paul said, one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, I press toward the future and the mark of the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. And that anointed one who left something in me and programmed something in me to be effective on the earth and to make a difference on the earth is what he programmed into you, to each and every one of us, so that the world doesn't have to stay the same. The hope of the world is Christ in you. Beyond that, 
You can talk about all kinds of stuff. You can talk and hope and wish and this and that and all that. But the hope of the world is Christ in you coming out of you. That's the hope of the whole world. So we win the world one person at a time. Like I said, we can have a church full of people that are born again, but if their minds, if they're not taught how to renew their minds and make the changes in their life, what profit is it? So I'm born again, I supposedly have my pink ticket to heaven, okay? But on earth, I'm just living like everybody else. What good is that? That's not... The world's not going to look at you if you're born again and there's not transformation in your soul. They're not going to look at you and want what they see in you because what they need to see in you is heaven. See, and, 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 and so God just takes us where we're at. And, and if, if fear and, and false evidence is getting the best of you on a day-to-day basis, just begin to make some changes some renewing changes, some renewal process that will liberate and deliver your life. God hasn't given me fear. I don't receive it. Man, I may have a day when it seems like fear is coming from every direction. Bam, 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 bam. Head just going back and forth. But all day long, what I remember, what I renew my mind to, is this is false evidence. Because fear has no dominion and authority over me. Can you say amen? amen? Hebrews 2, we read this last week. And this is just a point I believe that has to be driven home right here. You just need to hear me read this to you today. Man, I'm so thankful that I have this revelation. And I, I, mean, I mean, I've had some difficult days in my life. And there are days when the evidence looked like that the, the natural evidence was going to win in my life at different times. But I'm so thankful that I, there was one thing I didn't do is I didn't quit. I'm, the Bible says if you don't quit, you reap. But you know what? If you're sitting here today, you didn't quit. And it may look like there's times when you... It may look like you quit. But if you just don't stop, (laughs) just don't stop, just don't stop, and you'll win. That's how much God believes in you. That's how much the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ has empowered us and positioned us that whenever we choose to just say, you know what, I'm tired of this mess here, I'm going to start doing this. Because see, circumstances won't necessarily change in your life from one day to the next. But they will from one day to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And, and all of a sudden one day you wake up and that thing doesn't, is not empowering you anymore. Because it's, it's what God's saying to you every morning you wake up. That's what matters in your victory, in your quest to give fear and natural circumstances that are not of God any place in your life. That's the key to it. It's what he's saying to you every morning. It's not what he said to me two weeks ago. That was great, but that's no good today. What I got to hear from God is what he's saying to me today. And this is what he is speaking to us. 
right? But Hebrews 2 is a key verse of Scripture for all of us. And verse 14. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. He became flesh and blood Jesus. That through death... He might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And and we defined this last week and I won't go into all of that, but I'm just going to say this again. I'm going to take that word death there and just expound on it for a moment because you need to hear this. Jesus became like you and I to relate to what you and I have gone through. He overcame everything that we've ever gone through or ever will go through. So he's able to come to your aid when you face anything that you face in life. I don't care what it is. He's able to come to your aid because he was flesh and blood just like you and me. Right? And because he was, he has empowered you and I to be able to overcome in His strength in everything that we face. Here's the key to this whole situation. He released you from the world and the the time that you've lived where, where you had the fear of death. Through the fear of death... He released you where you were subject to bondage in your mind, will, and emotions in your soul. And the fear of death is the fear that God can't do what God said He could do. The fear of that word death, it's not, that word death is not ceasing to exist. That word death there is separation from God. Because in verse 14, it says, Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, through separation from God, he would destroy him who had the power of death. Now, now, now listen to me really closely. I don't know what your background or your doctrinal belief is on this situation, but this is mine. And you don't have to agree with this. But Jesus was separated from God. In the same way that Moses couldn't look upon God, that he had to come up underneath the the, the cliff And he was separated from the actual presence and power of God. Jesus had to be separated because of what he became. And what he became was sin. He became your and my sin. And he was separated from God. So that he could deliver those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And now because of what he did... What the enemy works overtime in convincing you and I of of this very thing is that 
It's though in this life, the natural circumstances are more real than what this says, and so it looks like we're separated from God. It looks like I'm living this life powerless or disconnected from the power source, when in all actuality, I'm connected to the power source and the fear that's trying to tell me God can't do what His Word says is an absolute lie. Why? Because Jesus was separated. Now, I'm not separated. I'm connected through the blood of Jesus. I told you a while back... um, my mom passed, I don't know how long, it's been a couple months ago, and at her funeral, at her service that we actually just had a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, I was able to share this little story, and in this story, she had accepted Jesus in her life when she was 17 at a Billy Graham crusade, but she had real struggles in understanding it, nobody discipled her, so she got born again, but she stayed confused. No one ever discipled her or taught her along the way. And so, in the early 90s, there's a lot of issues that I had that I had to work out in my relationship with her, and in the early 90s, she began to tell me, I didn't know that she had been saved and that she had real struggles and couldn't, couldn't really understand it and face it. And so in 2006, in about a two-hour conversation, she said, you know, the only time, one of the greatest experiences in my life was the, the day that I went forward at a Billy Graham crusade and I accepted Jesus. But she said, I, I've never been able to keep that. And what I did was, in those two hours that she and I talked, I shared with her this story right here. And she got it. She got it. She got this understanding that Jesus, who was the the person of Jesus in the earth, was the third part of what we call the triune being. He 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 was, in the beginning, He was the Word. And the Word became flesh and He became the Son. And that third part of God somehow was separated from God. Because that third part of God became flesh. And flesh in its sin could not stand in the presence of God. Even though Jesus Himself was sinless, He could stand in the presence of God and it wouldn't destroy Him. God needed a way to get back to man where they wouldn't, man wouldn't be destroyed because of His presence with them in the way it was in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve sinned. And when Jesus was separated and God turned His back on Him, sin was destroyed. And through His ultimate sacrifice of His blood, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through that separation, now you and I will never be separated from Him. See, because God is spirit. And where I want to be connected to God, where you and I need to be connected to God on a day-to-day basis, is in the spirit realm. Never, ever, ever will we ever be separated from God, ever. 
because of the blood of Jesus, because of that separation. So this fear of death, this fear of death, is all that the enemy has to destroy your life on planet Earth, to convince you God can't and will not do what he said because look at the way it looks. Look at the way this situation looks. This looks hopeless. It may be a financial, a physical situation. It may be a, a family situation, a marital situation. It may be this, that. I mean, you, you go down the list. He was tempted and tested at all points without sin, able to come to the aid of those that are, and he's talking about you and me and everybody else that's ever lived and ever will live. One time for all men. And has empowered you and I to destroy fear every day. We are empowered to destroy fear that tells us God can't do and let fear know by faith that God not only can do but has done and will do for me every day. God's no respecter of person. He is a respecter of people that develop their faith and confidence in Him. He's not a respecter of perfected faith in that you get so good at it that you, you get all these awards and accolades. That's not what he's, he's looking. He's looking for people that are perfecting it every day. They're developing it, right? From one faith experience to the next, I'm trusting in what God says and not what I see. That's where the deliverance in, in, for mankind. The hope of the world is that Christ in you come out of you in this form right here, giving fear no place. Because fear is the root of destruction to everything. Every single thing on planet Earth. Because the Bible says so. How do you know? Because the Bible tells me so. Right? How do you know that? Because the Bible tells me so. Amen. I love that little song. How does that song start? Yeah, Jesus loves me. That's what it is. I was, I was going, I had to improvise at the beginning there because the first part was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They're weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. <clears throat> the simplicity of some little... Jesus loves me. See, He loves you no matter what. And because of that, fear has no place. It can't win. It, it just can't win. <laughs> it just absolutely cannot win. Amen? God. So, I want, I want to read these last two passages, and, and I, I, I want to read 1 John 4 and 17. L love has been perfected among us in this that we have that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is so am i 
So for me to be like he is now in the world, didn't say in heaven, he said in the world, for me to be that way now, I've got to know that he loves me. It'd do you good. It'd do you good just to sing that little song. Leave here today. Sing it tomorrow. Wake up singing it the next day and the next day. Jesus loves me. Why? Because the Bible said so. <laughs> and everything that the devil tries to tell you is a freaking lie. Oh, I, I, well, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. I don't know why I say that. I, I, that's, I shouldn't say that. Excuse me. Um, verse 18. There is no fear in love. How much fear is in love? Right? So, if I, if I know how much he loves me, if I know how much that he really loves me, then there's no fear. So, if the issue is I'm not really catching on to how much he loves me, in other words, I'm paying attention to fear telling me that I'm not good enough, I've made too many mistakes, I was not enough here, I made this, I did this thing and that thing. If that's where my meditation is, then fear will continue to get the best of your life. It will continue to be the root that's there, and it'll continue to choke out anything that the Word says. But perfect love cast out all fear. Perfect love cast out fear because fear involves torment or punishment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So, there again, that's not a, that's not a slam, that's a challenge. I'm just telling you right now, if fear is whipping your backside most of the time in a specific area, that's the reason. So you've got to work that out in your soul and in your study time and in your meditation time. You've got to work that out to understand where you're lacking this perfected love on the inside of you. And, and you know, I, I used to think this and talk it and say it a lot, that what he was talking about here was me loving someone else enough. And the truth is, the Bible says you're to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And if you don't feel like you're loved by God, you're not going to love your neighbor with much of anything. And the key to it is understanding how much God loves me. And embracing that and walking in it so that what I do is I love people with the love that God loves me with. Not me trying to be good enough and do enough good acts for someone else because then all you're going to do is walk around with a, with a starboard. Well, I did this, and I did this, and you'll just be putting Velcro stars on a board and walking around and showing everybody how good you are. That's not, that's, there's, no, there's nothing in that. See, because love doesn't even need the attention. It doesn't even, you don't even need, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to tell other, when, when, when you know how much God loves you and it just exudes out of you and you can't stop it, you don't have to tell anybody. It, it'll be seen, but you don't have to tell anybody about those acts. Amen? As God loves me, then I'll love other people. Perfect love casteth out all fear. And then I want to end with Isaiah 54. <clears throat> Uh, 
Isaiah 54. And let's look at verse 14. In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. So, when you're established in what's right, and you know the things that are right, and you're doing the things that are right, you'd be far from oppression, and you won't fear and from terror, and it will not come near you. When? When you're established in righteousness. Now, I don't have time in these next three verses to go in detail, but I just want to read them and make a point. Indeed, they shall surely assemble, but not because of me. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I've created the blacksmith who blows the coals in the fire, who brings forth an instrument for his work, and I've created the spoiler to destroy. No weapon that is formed against you will prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith God. So in righteousness, we're established. And that word is not a customary word that we use, but it's just when we get established in the things that are true. So when the spirit of fear is telling you one thing and it's not true, but you're established in that, then fear is going to control and terror is going to be around you and, and, and an, an uneasiness and a disruption is going to be in your life as a result of fear telling you what's what. But, but God says, if you'll take my word and allow my helper to help you with the word and reveal it to you and make it part of you, and you begin to change your thinking and the processes in your thinking where the enemies told you one thing and tried to convince you that God's not big enough to do what he said he would do. If you'll work on that process and remain with it and let it continue to develop on a day-to-day basis. He's, he's saying, as you're established in this righteousness and this truth, then fear won't be near you. There won't be terror around you. There'll be peace and joy as you read the verses before this. You'll be established in everything that God desired for you. And you'll walk in the confidence that 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 lion cheat, the enemy, was created by God. And you know what he was created for? To be destroyed. (laughs) And he, there'll be a day when he is destroyed and he is wiped out and annihilated and no more. But You can walk around today, even though he's still evident, and he still has a voice, and he has no power, but he has the ability to deceive and make people believe that he and his circumstances are more real than what God says is real. It's not a a Luke and Darth battle. See, Darth was already whooped. 
Now it's a Luke wins battle. See, Jesus has already won. And, and, and where has he positioned us? As winners. We've already won. Every obstacle, every situation, everything we're faced with day to day, we've already won. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's already done. And the more I'm convinced of that, then there's not anything I can't accomplish and not anything I can't overcome. And there's not any issue or anything that comes against me that can prevail against me because of the blood of Jesus and what he accomplished. Amen? And we can walk around with what that spoiler and that deceiver tries to tell us on a day-to-day basis is all a bunch of lies. And we don't listen to lies. We listen to the truth. I'm established in righteousness, right? I'm established in righteousness. I'm far from oppression. And fear doesn't come near me, neither does terror or anything else. Amen? I'm not wrapped up in terror. I'm wrapped up in the love of God. And the love of God shows me day to day how much God is for me and not against me. And I just tell you today, at the end of the day, and I, and I love what Psalm 118 says. You can go look this up. Just so I quote it right, I'll look at it. Psalm 118. Don't forget this. Psalm 118 and something. Verse 6. The Lord is on my side. Amen? I will not fear. And then there's a question. What can man do to me? What I've learned is, the day I begin to be able to answer that question with the truth, then man could do nothing to me. So it's a question that helps us. God is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The answer to that is nothing. The Bible says man can't do a thing to you if God's on your side, in other words. That's the answer to it. But you've got to be able to answer that truthfully and really believe it for it to work that way on your behalf. God is on my side. God is on my side. Amen? Amen? I will not fear, and man can do nothing to me. In the name of Jesus, can you say amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you today.